Welcome to Muse Views, the podcast for the Muse community about the Muse community. Muse is a nonprofit education networking group for users of the Meditech electronic health record system. Here on our podcast, we chat with healthcare IT folks about ideas, opportunities, strategies, and solutions to improve work life experiences and share views you can use. Welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, TJ Temple. Thanks for joining us today. Today on the podcast, we're joined by a member of the Muse Board of Directors. Tito Perez is the Corporate Director of Enterprise Applications at m Health and is currently serving as the treasurer on the Muse Board. I've had the pleasure of working with Tito during my time on the board, and I'm excited for him to share with you today. Tito, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, TJ. Great to hear from you and great to participate here. Thanks a lot. So tell us a little bit more about m Health and the applications team there. Sure. Um, so a little bit about m Health. It's a not-for-profit health system serving nearly a million people out here in the San Gabriel Valley, a part of Los Angeles County. Primary locations are located in West Covina and Covina area. You know, for people that haven't been out in California, that's about 25 miles east of downtown LA in what they call the, the TMZ, the 30-mile zone, which is not the uh, channel TMZ. Not the paparazzi. Not the paparazzi, <laughs> but it's where Hollywood had allowed the industry people, employees, to live within 30 miles so that they would get reimbursed the same rate as if they would lived in downtown LA. So we're in that area, 25 miles. Our hospitals are made up of three major hospitals, Foothill Presbyterian Hospital, Queen of the Valley Hospital, and Intercommunity Hospital. So for people that are familiar with our hospitals, they've been out here for a long time. Total beds for all three hospitals is right around 625 estimates. We also have a 10-bed inpatient hospice and home health program, 20-plus ambulatory sites growing that part of the business. We're over 3,500 employees and including right around 1,300 nurses in that employee pool. Started working here at m right around the tail end of 2020 and I've been happy moving from my previous uh, employer. As far as applications team, I've inherited a really, really good seasoned team. I think aside from their skill set, and the trust that the organization has in each individual on my team. The best surprise and and biggest compliment I have is the team really works well with each other. You never know as a leader coming into a new team what to expect with regards to team dynamics, team culture, possible like infighting, you know. But with the team that I inherited, whether it was influence of the previous leader, this team really looks out for each other 100%, has each other's back and really just wants to do good for not only each other and the team, but for the hospital. That's awesome. It sounds like you fit right in there. That's good to hear. Tell us a little bit about your EHR environment. Are all the hospitals on Meditech and what version are you using? And what about home health? What are you using in home health for our EHR? Yeah, so uh, EHR, we are Meditech 2.1. So it expands Priority Pack 35. We're lucky enough to get Priority Pack 35 early. As far as ambulatory, yes, we're also using web ambulatory for that. All of our ambulatory sites are converted to that. Home health hospice is currently Meditech Home Care. So we're fully Meditech, invested in Meditech. I mean, that's kind of where most of the things, is, I think the philosophy around Meditech here is, you know, if Meditech can do it, let's focus on how we can use Meditech first. And if Meditech can't do it, we got to make sure we put the reasoning out there as to what the return on investment is going to be, right? If Meditech can't do it. Yeah, that sounds like a good approach to make sure that you have that 
continuity of care and continuity of data across all your sites and all your care settings. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it's, it's a bit concerted effort. I mean, from the top down, even when I first interviewed for the position, they asked me about my Meditech experience and what I felt about Meditech. And I guess my philosophy around that, TJ, and I know we've had conversations around this as well. What I always say is no one's going to reimburse you more for your services if you didn't have Meditech or if you had something else more expensive, right? You always get the same reimbursement regardless. Yeah, that's a great way to look at it for sure. So having Priority Pack 35 kind of hot off the presses, anything that you've received in that package that you're implementing or going to implement quickly? I know that's the package where Doc Picture, or I can't remember the name of the what they call it, where you can put the pictures directly into PDoc through the app. Is that the right Priority Pack? I'm not sure about Doc Picture. I would have to consult with okay. my, the rest of my team about Doc Picture. I think the main reason behind why we took Priority Pack 35 was regarding trying to case reporting. Okay, cool. I know that's a big deal coming up, a CMS really. And we were lucky enough to be selected by Meditech as well to be early adopters of that. So we're working towards getting all that set up, you know, prior to the deadline to have it start reporting. Mm -hmm. We'll have it up in place way before that. So that was our main motivator to get to Priority Pack 35. Great. No major issues or anything with the Priority Pack right now? No, actually, that's good. When we took Priority Pack 32, we had some major issues that we had to address right away. But 35 has been pretty quiet. You know, we're on constantly with Meditech. They're always helping us out with any issues that we're escalating. And good for us, 35 hasn't brought that many. We have something where we're going to have a jam session coming up here where we're putting our issues locked together. We do have something called fluency, right, for physician documentation. Mm -hmm. There was an issue around that, but Meditech came up with code to help fix that. But that's something I think other people should be aware of. Yeah. So with your unified system, having Meditech across all your facilities and, and in all your care settings and everything, that leads to an interesting opportunity for data management and sharing of data. So talk to us about what you're doing with data analytics, what tools you're using, and what benefit you know, you're gaining from having everything on the Meditech platform. That's exactly what it is, right, TJ? You have everything on one platform. It feels easier to pull the data, right? There's always going to be challenges with pulling data and making data link with each other. But having Meditech in most of our solutions helps a lot. The main thing with the tool that we're using, we're actually invested in Meditech's BCA tool. I'm not sure how popular it is with everybody that's on Expand's platform, but BCA has been one that at least Emanate has truly invested in. The philosophy here at the hospital, at least since I got here, is really you know, data is not the only factor in a decision, but it must be a factor in every decision, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So when I got here already, and I can't take any credit for this, but we, Emanate, was in partnership with Meditech to build what they call the COVID dashboard and a contact tracing dashboard. I know we presented this in other Muse webinars, but that was huge, right? To be able to have a dashboard that our infection control team can get to right away to look at our COVID numbers as quickly as possible and accurate as possible, and then act on contact tracing, right? We were able to merge our Kronos staffing database with that, and then people clocking in and out and figuring out who was around the patient at the time that we confirmed their COVID positive and the staff members that were scheduled as well. So wow. that's a, that was a huge, huge win for the hospital. Yeah. 
So how are you handling BCA from a management standpoint? I mean, does basically anybody that wants it have access to it or is that mainly IT or, or leadership or tell me about that? Yeah, that's a good question because, I mean, a lot of times when you get a tool like BCA, the default is, oh, it's an IT's tool, right? IT handles that tool and just give us the data when we ask for it. But ever since I got here, my philosophy has been, this is a tool not only for IT, but it's a tool for the organization, right? I'm a big proponent of teaching people how to fish versus just providing the fish for them. Yeah, Data is a lot like that, right? When you think of data... Data is like a pool of knowledge or a lake of knowledge, right? They even have companies like that, right? I think they call it data lake or whatever. But the tool itself is there for everyone to use. And then with the IT world in healthcare it is today, we have a lot of super users, a lot of analysts that actually don't start in IT or are not housed in IT anymore. They're actually within the different various departments. So we're teaching those quote unquote super users, data analytics people, within each department, how to fish for the data. And that's really been my push, right? More than just providing a report, let's give them the tool to let them produce their own reports. Obviously, there's a lot involved, right? We still want to validate the data, make sure we're pulling the right data. But at the end of the day, they shouldn't have to wait for programmers or report writers to give the data to them. They should be able to pull that on their own. Well, that's a great approach. I mean, I think that speaks to being on the single platform too. You don't run the risk of someone pulling data from, you know, an all scripts or something else and trying to compare it. You're all in the same system and the tables are the same and that sort of stuff should make it pretty much more streamlined. Yeah. I mean, I guess what you're getting at is do we trust the data, Mm -hmm. right? And that's the key, right? Because everybody's using the same system, even from our general ledger side, from our revenue cycle side, supply chain side, it's all in Meditech, right? So when we're pulling data out of Meditech, we can rely on the same super users or when they pull data, they can rely on themselves to say, oh, yeah, I know that data is right because, you know, I know the person who put it in. And when I pull it out uh, and compare it to other things, I can trust it. Right. Really moving away from the comments like, oh, you know, your report is wrong or something must be wrong (laughs) with your program. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas. It's not about that, right? It's all about, you know, if you know where the data is inputted, then when you pull that data out, then you're going to be less likely to question it because you can go back to the source, right? Like we say in the programming world, the report writing world, uh, garbage in, garbage out. In this case, if you have a program or report that you know has been validated, you know, and then all of a sudden it seems to report differently, you're less likely to kind of criticize the report or program and more likely to go back to the source of the data and say, okay, what happened? What changed? Right. So are you all using BCA for like regulatory reporting as well? Or do you have a separate tool like Quality Vantage or something similar that you're using for that? Yeah, we still have Quality Vantage for reporting. Uh, so reporting out, right, to, uh, to monitor that. But we are taking advantage of BCA to monitor or before something is reported. Yeah, predictive. Predictive. Thank you. Predictive analytics. Thank you for saying that. Um, So we are working towards that. So we have developed a lot of indicators with our PI team, and they're looking at having BCA so that they can do corrective action ahead of time versus it getting just reported and then correcting it afterwards. Very cool. So what are you doing since you are on kind of the same platform across everything? If you all acquire an ambulatory clinic or, you know, in the future, if you were to bring on another hospital or something like that, 
what's your process for bringing them in and getting them converted to Meditech? And what are you doing with that legacy data they may bring along with them? Yeah, that's a good question. So obviously we train them up and, and build their practice in expanse and web ambulatory. So we do everything we can to make them feel comfortable with using web ambulatory and then using that from whenever we acquire them moving forward. As far as this legacy platform, we have contracted and partnered with a legacy archive vendor. I don't know if you want me to see who that is, but they take the initiative. They also help us restore the data into a legacy archive in the cloud. So it's a cloud solution. We help them validate it, the data. The physician practice does that as well, both the financials and the clinical side. And they have actually what they call a SSO integrator. So once you're in web ambulatory and you wanted to look up a patient from a previous EMR, there is a single sign-on feature that you click on a button within web ambulatory. It'll take you right to the cloud solution, and then it will bring up all based off of a patient indicator or universal patient account that, that's established. Yeah, it'll bring nice. up all the different EMRs. Yeah, it'll bring up all the different EMRs that the patient was in, right? So if it, it could be a multiple, right? As long as we have the right account. So from a governance standpoint, say you're bringing on one of these ambulatory clinics and it's a specialty clinic of some sort and they're adamant that they need to have their own EHR or need to stick with the one they have. What kind of process and governance structures do you have in place to kind of steer them towards the Meditech mothership, if you will? Yeah. I don't know where or how that whole process happens. All I know is is, you know, that there is a pathway to move them off their current EMR and move them to ambulatory, uh, web ambulatory. As far as, you know, if they say we want to stay on this, I think we're allowing them to stay on it up to a particular point until we get them right in expanse. Gotcha. With regards to like working down accounts, right? We kind of continue to pay the maintenance on some of the EMRs just so that the, the physician can work down older accounts, if we haven't done the data conversion yet, we're allowing for that and say, okay, you know, you'll still have access to the old system until we get all the conversion completed. Mm-hmm. So there is a timeline for them to kind of get weaned off of it. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, but for the most part, ambulatory will do it. You know, ambulatory will suffice for them. Yeah, for sure. Well, Tito, I know you've been a longtime Muse participant in multiple ways on not only the board, but on committees and other things. And I want you to talk a little bit about your time on the board and what you've gained of being involved in Muse. And if someone had the interest in being on the Muse board or a committee or something, what advice would you give them? Honestly, I mean, I feel a little bit like I got a lot of cheat codes <laughs> being on the Muse board and being on the Muse <laughs> committees. My ascension in my career and the places where you know I started as just a primary application analyst and, and moved up the ranks to now a corporate director, I owe a lot of that to the Muse board, to the Muse community, and things that I've been involved in with Muse, honestly. Like I said, it feels like I've had this cheat code for a long time where I can just come to various colleagues, right? Because yeah. healthcare is, is big, but it's small. And what I mean by that is we're, we all have the same legislation. We all have the same issues. We all have the same things that every hospital or health system is going through having a community like Muse to kind of play my ideas off of, to get information from and get real good advice on how to move forward with certain decisions. That's huge, right? Because, you know, what they say, if time was money, 
then I made a bunch of money <laughs> just figuring things out quicker and faster with just go- going through um, Muse, right? And really, you know, just asking the right questions and, and meeting the right people. And the Muse community itself is so giving, is the other thing I want to say. Yeah. They're so giving with their time. They're so giving with their talents, information. And why not take advantage of that, right? If that's something that's out there. So Absolutely. that's how I really feel about Muse. And that's why I love doing these these things where I can contribute as much as I can. And looking forward to contributing more, right? Settling in in this health system emanate, I feel like in a better place right now to really start contributing more to the Muse community. And this hospital too has a lot to offer. Like I've told my team, such a talented team that I have, I said, we need to start sharing what we know because we are probably one of the biggest Meditech users in the West Coast. If I'm, yeah, if I'm sure. thinking out loud here, yeah, I can't think right now who, who might be bigger than us, at least in SoCal. But that's, you know, that's something where we could really help users nationwide. Yeah, that's great. And if anybody wants to get involved, I know that Muse will do a call for, call for participation when there's an open board seat or an open, yep. you know, committee seat or whatever. So if somebody's out there on the fence, do you feel like you have to have any certain qualifications or should they just jump right in? Or what's your advice there? The only qualification is availability, willing to be available, right? I think right. that's it. And then willing to share your talent and at the same time asking for help, right? Those are the two things where to be part of Muse is those two things, right? Be willing to share and be willing to accept help. So yeah, if you're on the fence to joining any Muse committee or even the Muse board, I say just just jump in. It'll do a lot of good for your career. It'll do a lot of good for meeting other meditechers mm-hmm. and really learning a lot more about the system than you thought you would. And I think the other part I want to say, TJ, was because I was more in the financial world, right? When I started with Meditech, I never got really exposed in the implementation teams around, you know, clinical documentation or around nurse documentation build. But Muse allowed me for that, right? Because of my interest, it piqued my interest and say, okay, I'm not going to have the time and effort to do it in my day to day. But if I had a question about this, hey, how does this correlate to revenue cycle? How does this correlate to supply chain? How does this correlate to registration, right? Mm -hmm. To connect the dots. Muse allowed me to do that because I was able to meet other people, how they did things and I was able to ask the right questions. And basically that, I think at the end of the day, being a part of Muse will allow you to connect those dots that you've been wanting to connect. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I echo basically all of what you've said too. You know, I started off as an analyst too and worked my way up to CIO. And a lot of that was due to the confidence I gained in Muse communities and contacts and mentors and and other facilities yeah. that we could mirror and all through Muse. So it's it's been really rewarding for me to participate as well. And I think Basically, any committee member or board members that you spoke to would, would have that same sentiment. So that's that's great to hear. Yeah, I believe saying a lot of them, you know this, TJ, a lot of them we still talk to till today. I mean, oh, yeah. it's not, some of them have moved on and they're no longer part of Muse and the other health systems. They're still my mentors still today, right? Yeah. I still kind of reach out every now and then and they'll still respond back to me. So it's even more than just Muse, right? So at one point it becomes more than just Muse. It becomes part of your family or part of your network of people that you trust in the industry. So getting started is key, but the beauty of it is the maintaining of the relationships afterwards. Yeah, absolutely. Well said. So Tito, as we wrap up here, I always like to finish the podcast on a personal note. So tell us something that you've got going on in your life, your book you're reading, a podcast you're listening to, a YouTube channel or something you're doing with your family that you'd like the listeners to know about. 
Nothing in particular. I mean, since I live out here in uh, SoCal, Hollywood land, I, I always stay in tune with some Hollywood stuff. So a fun podcast I always like listening to is uh, called Smartless. I don't know mm-hmm. if you listen to that. Sure. Um, I'm a fan of Jason Bateman and Will Arnett, uh, Sean Hayes. They're the host there. Yeah. Um, it's really cool on how the guests that they bring on, you would never expect them to be friends with certain people, right? Mm-hmm. It's like, it's, it feels like they have a different friend group. And then all of a sudden they've been friends for like, you know, 20 years. It's weird. Right. Or they've known each other. for. That's fun to hear. And then it's funny because how the movie industry, this is just me, right? Works. There's a lot of ties to healthcare. Mm-hmm. Okay. Follow along with me. Um, <laughs> when you think about the pandemic that happened, right? They had to continue production and they were one of the first services that could continue on and almost, I think they helped develop the COVID protocols, right? To yep. continue safely your business. So just like that, like that kind of concept where, you know, Hollywood does some things in parallel to healthcare, yeah. right? How they have directors and producers are almost mm-hmm. equivalent to a doctor or a, sure. a surgeon, right? Yeah. You know, we have to have technicians prep. They have technicians prepping, you know, they have to get staffing corrected, right? Make sure that, that everything's staffed correctly, right? And and everything's checked and double-checked as far as equipment and things that they're using. So I find that kind of interesting only because I do live close to Hollywood land, yeah. but it's something that I always like, kind of go back to, right? There What's up go. with Hollywood? That's cool. I never really thought about it, but when you lay it out like that, there is quite a bit of similarities. I'm not sure that we have the glamour and the uh, glitz in the healthcare world, but maybe that'll <laughs> catch up. <laughs> right, right. I think in healthcare, we need to get to a point where we can give everybody credit. You know how like there's a rolling credit yes, <laughs> at the end go. of every movie? <laughs> if we can get something like that where everybody in healthcare gets credit for their contribution, that would be awesome because yeah. we deserve it. Everybody has a piece of the pie, right? That's right. When the provider places an order set, it rolls credits to say the analyst that built it. I like that. Yeah. Right? <laughs> right? We got to get That's somewhere funny. with that. I mean, because it takes more than one, right? Because usually, the, like in Hollywood, the actors and the directors get all the critical acclaim and, and all the praise. But we all know there's a team behind those people, right, that right, make it happen. Sure. So same thing with our world. Everybody focuses on the doctors, right? Hey, the doctors, this, doctor, that. But we know the doctors can't handle anything without the support of the nurses. Nurses can't handle anything without the support of the analysts. And, and you know, there's a team. Absolutely. The team aspect out there. Yeah. Loved for one day to come up with something where we highlight everybody's contribution. Yeah, for sure. Well, it's good that you're already concentrating on that and realizing it, it's a team effort. And I think that's, you know, that's the first step is then you can lead your team in that fashion and make sure that they get recognized. So you're, yeah. you're doing your little part, even though you may not get to roll the entire credits, you can do that for your team. Definitely. And they deserve it. <laughs> My yeah. team is really good. Like I feel <laughs> a little guilty because I did inherit this team from somebody that was a longtime director here. I told my team early on, it was, I just don't want to break it. Like I, yeah, you sure. guys are, you guys are a really good team. You guys are really work together and I want to make sure I just don't break it. Well, sounds like you're moving right along and you've got the right approach and it sounds like you do have a wonderful team. So, well, Tito, I appreciate your time for today. I want to thank you for taking time to be on this podcast and for your contributions to Muse. And I know the Muse board has probably, you know, had some tough decisions to make through all this COVID and and virtual meetings and canceling of in-person meetings and conferences and that sort of thing. So I appreciate your efforts there and keeping the Muse banner alive and adjusting where you can and making things still usable and, and beneficial for the Muse community at large. 
Well, thank you too, TJ, for this podcast. I think this is something that, as far as a muse organization, is something that is great that we're doing something like this so people can consume information, you know, because people do consume it many different ways. Absolutely. And having this podcast is another form of that. Thank you for putting the effort in, man, for us. Appreciate you. No problem. Thanks again. Thanks for listening to Muse Views. Don't forget to rate and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcast fix. And visit museweb.org to join the podcast forum and for information about Muse.